0: Fun fact, a child growing up in the US is more likely to have a pet than a live at home father. Which is very weird actually, when you think about it, because whenever I usually hear of US couples, like I usually tend to think that they love their fathers, they have their fathers with them, at least in the house, and always playing a lot, especially at night and shit, or you know, when the boyfriend leaves the house. Because what would justify them saying daddy in the middle of the night so loudly? oh so that's what they usually say daddy for oh that's very new information to me that's very new although if that's the case then how exactly would they explain doggy style because normally it's not just dogs that do it but i'm guessing you know the fact that they've been having a pet uh, a lot more than the father then maybe could you say that you know, doggy style is called doggy style because these Americans are usually doing it. Because they watch the dogs do it. Like, this is almost feeling like an epiphany for me. Because I can finally understand why it is that some of these Americans come up with some of these names. Although, at the same time, that would explain why it is that they're so quick to go for their relatives. Because when you think about it, if if you're, if you're going for things and naming things after stuff that you find at home. Because, I don't know, charity begins at home or some shit then I guess it's going to make sense when they start naming stuff after stuff that they do at home. You know, if 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 charity does begin at home, then, you know, probably learning about sex will as well. And maybe your step-sibling isn't really your sibling. So, you know, maybe your cousin won't be your sibling as such. Then when you meet with Bob from Cobb County, Alabama, he's going to be all nice and happy because he's going to be like, Hey, Yuri, what's good? It's Bob from the cab, you know, all the way in Alabama, and I'm over here with my wife Ingrid. Ingrid's been one of the nicest people ever, and ever since I met her during a family gathering and I was introduced to her as my cousin, I knew for a second that we were made for each other. You know, we were made for each other, and what better way to bring the family closer than for us two to come close and even sire some of our own kids. You know? Although, anyways, that said, fuck that shit. (laughs) I'm I'm honestly just making random jokes about these guys, and we should definitely start the podcast. So, in our very typical fashion of starting, I usually like to say, Welcome to Break Time on a your number one break time podcast. Coming to you from that brobie king. The man on the mic is a man who, for some reason, just likes taking a shit on Americans for some reason. I don't know why. But it's all jokes, you know, except for Alabama people. He's a man who used to think that milf was a combination of milk and beef. It is none other than your tall, dark, and mighty handsome man, Sir Danverby. The show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets, and break them down a little bit. Now, as usual, the drill is pretty simple. And if you know the drill, then you can repeat it after me if you like. And if you don't know the drill, then I'm going to repeat it for you. Because it's a very simple drill. It's how it is that you can submit different tweets that you would like me to discuss. And I get to discuss them. And the drill to do it is pretty simple. It almost sounds like a song and it goes like this. You see that tweet, you like that tweet, you want us to discuss that tweet, you send that tweet. You send it to the DMs of at Bugak, the D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. And I will take it from there and I will handle it accordingly. If it is on Facebook or on IG and it happens to be one of those screenshots that were from Twitter, it happens to be a screen grab from Twitter, then the place to send it to is at Breaktime on Website, and we will take it from there and we will handle it accordingly. Now I want to get into the tweets real quick, but before we do that, I usually like to rant about something. And for some reason this week I have nothing to rant about. Because for a good chunk of the time, at least as of the time of this recording, people are busy debating on whether Lewis Hamilton should have won the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Like I watched it and I didn't like how everything ended, and it's very debatable, and apparently there's like an appeal to the entire process as of the time of this recording. So we want to see how stuff goes down. But because I know for a fact that not everyone watches Formula One, not everyone is a fan of sports and not everyone is a fan of Lewis Hamilton, what I'll do is I'll just jump straight into the tweets. How about we do it like that then, right? Kind of just keep things going. Kind of like the same way I also don't react to stuff like politics and shit. So moving it on. So let us go on to our very first tweet of this episode. You can laugh at a rape joke and not support rape the same way you can laugh at somebody dying and not be a murderer all right so when i checked out the quoted replies and the comments on this entire thing it was 99 percent of people just saying no 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 how dare you do that how can you think of saying such a thing it's wrong blah 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 and while i was reading all of that a thought just hit me why the fuck are we still policing comedy like at what point Did we get to a level where we're like, you know what, we need to start policing jokes? Like, I can get that, you know, some jokes might seem insensitive at the time to certain people. And I think those ones need to be, you know, played around with a little bit of caution. But you don't have to police every single joke. And this guy actually made it quite apparent because he's pretty much comparing a rape joke and a murder joke. Because it's not like you can say rape is is a worse crime than murder. Or, you know, manslaughter is a worse crime than rape. Or, you know, like you're not supposed to start rating one that's worse than the other that way. Because both of them are bad acts. So, why is it that we can make jokes about murder but we can't make jokes about rape? And it kind of got me thinking for a little bit. I don't think the problem is us making jokes about rape. I think it's us making jokes about rape involving the women. Like, that's how I see it. Because whenever you make rape jokes to guys, guys are gonna laugh at it if it's funny. Like, we've always made jokes about going to prison and getting raped and the kind of shit that's done to people there. And we always still come back and we're like, yo, like, that shit is really, really bad. But we'll always laugh about it. And the thing is, we know that it's a joke and we can make such jokes and we can move on from it because we just see them as jokes. A lot of other people, at least a lot of people nowadays, start to see them as jokes about rape or more so rape jokes and they forget the joke part they just remember the rape part and they're like oh no that's wrong you shouldn't be making jokes about rape there's nothing to joke about with rape like shorty nigga you might be saying there's nothing to joke about with such things but people said the same exact thing about religion and i kid you the hell not there's a lot of jokes on religion that are funny as hell like You can start acting like it's all not right and it's inconsiderate and it's bad, but I kid you the hell not. If something is funny enough for a certain group of people, then I think it's totally okay for them to laugh. The only time when I can say that, yes, maybe you shouldn't make certain jokes is if, say, the affected person is there and they haven't sort of kind of given permission to it, you know, not unless if it's something public or, you know, just wrong context. So, like, if you make... A death joke, if you make a dark joke at a funeral, it might not be, actually, it will definitely not be taken very well by a lot of other people. It's like a black person and a white person sitting down and they're busy having a serious talk on race and then someone chooses to make a race joke, more so the white guy. It's definitely going to turn into something very bad for the both of them in a lot of those cases. But you can't start telling me that we should never make jokes about certain things like I think if we can find the funny side in everything then I feel like most things become bearable like comedy is one of the things that saved a lot of people from depression last year and now you're saying that we need to start putting restrictions on that shit like don't be insensitive enough to you know go and make jokes about someone that's affected or some shit but don't all of a sudden, you know, decide to, you know, drop all the jokes that you're doing simply because they seem like they might be offensive. Because that's the same exact shit people were doing with R. Kelly's music. Like, because even though the guy was convicted and, you know, the guy made amazing music, apparently now we're not supposed to listen to it because it was done by R. Kelly. Like, can we not separate the act from the people that did it? Like... What happened to the whole beating that our parents used to do where they were like, you know, I'm beating the mistake, I'm not beating you. Like, this is one of those times where that frame of logic makes a little bit of sense. Because imagine making an R. Kelly joke, where you're like, you know what, all these people that have a problem with R. Kelly's music can take a piss, or he can just do it for them. Like, that might seem funny in some areas, but a bunch of people might be like, oh, you know, that's insensitive, we shouldn't be saying that about the victims, like, Who said anything about the victims? You know, why do we suddenly have to police ourselves from doing things that don't necessarily affect the other person, especially if it's not direct? Like, I feel like people are becoming too bloody sensitive now, and it's making things a hell of a lot worse. And I'd like to get into that, but we should definitely move it on because of time. So on to our very next tweet. Y'all be getting BBLs but don't got the sex appeal. So, I feel like this tweet is almost self-explanatory because to a huge degree, people usually think that having a banging body makes you look like the most fuckable or the most desirable person in the room, which is rarely ever the case, weirdly enough. Like, babes, I'm sure there's a bunch of you listening to this, so let me just ask you real quick. Haven't you ever met somebody that isn't that attractive, isn't that good looking help, isn't even your type, but because they're oozing big dick energy, you find yourself attracted to them? Like it's something that the babes can definitely agree to. It's the same exact thing that us guys usually have because sex appeal more or less does kind of factor in as big dick energy on the other side of the gender spectrum. Now, if you look at us guys, like take for example me, I, I like my women thick, you know, I like somebody with a nice booty. But the number of times I've decided to bang or I have fallen for a babe or I have wanted to to hit a babe and she does not have the type of physical appearance that I'd like or, you know, she's nowhere near what it is that I would commonly say that I'd bang, you know, so she's probably even skinny or, or some shit is quite a lot. And it's not that I was just thirsty at the time, but... In some of those instances, the babe actually had very, very high sex appeal. Like, no word of a lie. There's a lot of times when you look at a babe that is unattractive to you, but you find her attractive because she's got sex appeal. And the worst part is, there's babes that'll want to go and get stuff like BBLs. There's those that'll go for shit like tummy tucks. There's those that'll, you know, try and go for some sort of implant surgery because they think that it'll make them more attractive, which granted by by today's physical standards of beauty you would probably have a point but i will tell you for a fact there's a lot of babes that have none of those things but they are considered to be very very attractive like take for example right now we like thick with a nice big booty and some massive tits almost like a barbie doll type look and shit you know a little bit blown up at the top and bottom and very skinny in the middle but look at someone like kelly Rowland. kelly Rowland on wednesday of this week uploaded four pictures and I kid you the fuck not, she went viral on Twitter. Like, people were talking about her and people were reposting what she had. And it's not like she has a massive booty or a massive set of tits. Nah, sure it was a sex appeal. From the videos that she's done on music and you know, the kinds of songs that she's had, you know, there's a certain sex appeal that comes with that shit. So, you definitely be attracted to kind of person. So, when you think about it, you know, there's a lot of babes that will have the quote-unquote dream body, but lack sex appeal completely. No one ever a lie. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of fire-thick babes. There's a lot of fine babes. There's a lot of nice petite babes that I've looked at. And they have had very, very bangable bodies in my book. But at the same time, because they lack the sex appeal, and sometimes because they also seem like they're fairly boring individuals, I think about it and I'm like, you know what? There's no need to bother. Like, why would I want to go and put in the effort for a bank that looks like it'll be boring as fuck? Like, that shit happens a lot. Although, that said, it shouldn't deter women from actually trying to make themselves look better. And I'm not telling women to go ahead and get implants or some sort of cosmetic treatment so that they can, you know, get like a bigger set of tits or a bigger ass or like a flatter tummy or anything. But just try and take care of yourself within the natural limits. Like, eat well, if it's working out, you can work out. If it's cardio, you can go do your cardio. But just try and look good. Like, I kid you the fuck not. There's babes that might have sex appeal, but because they've let themselves go, no matter how much sex appeal they've got, it still doesn't look good to fuck. Like, I am telling you this from experience. If it doesn't look good to fuck, then even though you have sex appeal, it might still be considered a turn off. So, the ideal sweet spot is a well-taken-care-of body and a good level of sex appeal. So, that's probably what you should aim for. But that said, we should probably move it on. So, on to our very next tweet. Every girl deserves money for hair and nails every month. And this is not open for discussion. I agree. I totally agree. I totally wholeheartedly and unequivocally agree on this shit every girl deserves money for hair and nails you know a nice petty manicure you know that shit's good go to the salon make yourself look good i believe in that shit now where we usually kind of disagree is how you get the money where the money comes from you know that's that's where my problem usually lies because i do feel like girls do deserve money so not giving your woman money or you know your woman not having money so that she can go and do that shit you know it's sad for her and it's very undeserving for the kind of person that she is because a lot of her value lies in her beauty so why not put yourself in a position to be more valuable you know but now when you start saying that because every girl deserves money now i have to give my girl money then we start to disagree it's not my role to give her that money like if anything It seems a bit disrespectful because I'm disrespecting the fact that she can actually make some of that money herself. Now, if you're talking about her getting it from some old guy while I'm also in the picture, then I'll definitely ask questions. What is she doing to this old man for this old man to get that money? And, you know, I definitely don't want to be sharing her with some older dude just because he gives her money. So I'll definitely have a problem with that. Not unless if this dude happens to be her father then she can go and do that but you know not unless if it's the father if it's some person that you're calling daddy besides me then we have a problem then we definitely have a problem but like if she's making her own money if she's making her own guap if i'm gifting her say a nice spa treatment or a treatment at the salon then it's perfectly okay i don't usually do it but obviously if it's if it's an occasion that calls for it then i wouldn't mind so while people do say, you know, every girl deserves this, I will kind of agree with it. But at the same time, let's just look at the term deserves. Deserves kind of brings in a certain sense of entitlement. And you could say that, yes, she does deserve it. But I also deserve to be fucked every single day. But just because I'm a single nigger doesn't mean that that's going to happen every single time. While I could say that I deserve to get good sex on a daily, it's not like it's always going to happen just the same way I could say that I deserve to be successful, I deserve to be rich and famous, you know, I deserve to be at the pinnacle of the pyramid, then it just means that I'm entitling myself to it, but now I need to work to put myself there. And that's what a lot of the babes now need to do. So like I said, I agree with the statement, but how you do it, now that I can agree or disagree with. But that said, we should probably move it on. So on to our final tweet of this episode. Some dudes get annoyed at other men doing things for women they're not with or courting because they think it raises the quote-unquote price for all men to access women. That's why some men will react to other men doing things for women as if they are being personally betrayed lol. As sad as this sounds, I actually do kind of agree with the guys that feel some type of way. Like I can understand why they'd feel that because if anything, If there's a gender that's usually bombarded with expectations left, right, and center, it's guys. Like, in the provision department, we usually get so many expectations. So, if you find one person is going a little above and beyond while you've probably decided to, I don't know, say, save up, then it's gonna make you look bad. At least, that's how we usually see it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Of course. But if you're the person, if you're the guy that happens to be on the losing side of these expectations and say a friend of yours or somebody close to your woman is is receiving such things, is doing such things for their woman, then at some point in time, once it happens consistently, then you will definitely feel affected as a guy. Like this shit usually affects guys quite a lot because we're expected to be providers and we're expected to do all sorts of things for our women. And in a way, when you actually think about it in the larger view of the picture, this is something that actually does cause certain shifts in certain cultural ideas of dating and and courting somebody. So like when you think about how back in the day, you know, people could go and propose marriage and people can go and talk it out, dowry can be paid and shit. We got a lot of Western influence. You know, people were busy taking their girlfriends to expensive restaurants. So a lot of these babes expected that. A lot of guys started doing that because they knew that that's what the babes expected. And over time, that shifted. And nowadays, you can see what the people in the US and the UK are doing. And you'll find that people are being proposed to in stadiums. And that shit's happening. Here in Kenya, there's people that are going all the way up mountains and proposing there. So one way or another it does actually get to affect us whether we like it or we don't but bringing it back down to the more common more basic situation a lot of us do get that peer pressure especially when close friends are involved in such shit because we get to kind of have that pressure of oh because we both work in the same place and we earn the same if this guy can do this then you should be able to do it as well and the worst thing about it is We might earn the same but our responsibilities make us very different. Someone can be earning 100k at the end of the month net and when he goes home after about a day or two, he'll still have 100k. But say for example, if I have responsibilities, I need to take care of people, I need to pay school fees and shit, in maybe about 2-3 days I might be left with 10k. So, how do you expect that I'd be able to do such a thing? And this shit even goes over and above and it moves on to marriages. And these expectations are there. And the worst thing about it is, babes will be like, oh, no, you know, those are unrealistic expectations and you should be okay with that. You know, your confidence should protect you from it. But it doesn't. And the babes wouldn't understand because they're not on our side of the table to see it. And more so than that, their expectations are usually bare minimum. Like... You think about it today like a shorty can come over to a guy's place chill there watch tv and pretty much you know just fuck the guy so she'll be on top for maybe five minutes at max and then wake up the following day and ask this guy if he's ordering for breakfast and they'll be okay that relationship will be fine but you think about how back in the day the expectations for babes were like i was talking to an uber guy the other day and he was busy talking about how when he was back dating during his time, Ashori would come to your place and she'd mop up, clean up the entire place, wash your clothes, fix up food and shit. So at the end of the day, like she's pretty much cleaned you out and made sure that you're well set for like an entire week. And on top of that, y'all would get intimate and shit. And you know, she'd sleep over and leave in the following morning, y'all would get intimate. But because back in the day, you know, they weren't the fucking type, You know they wouldn't bang but you know they'd sleep together you know make out get all touchy and shit but she'd leave in the morning now babes don't exactly have that kind of expectation in the here and now so it's literally bare minimum so they wouldn't know the problems that come with such expectations but guys would although then again i might be wrong about this entire thing and i actually do want to make sure that i can break this down at length and discuss it so i probably will at a different episode so that said, I want to know your thoughts on it. The DMs are open on Twitter. It is at the D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. On Facebook and on IG, it is at Breaktime on West Side. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. And if you are listening through CastBox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below. And I will attend to them accordingly. If you are using an app that allows for ratings and reviews, a rating and or review will be highly appreciated. And I will catch you guys on the next break.